Opinions expressed in this episode are personal. They do not necessarily reflect the views of this streaming platform. Good day, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Let's Be Diverse. I am your host, Andrew Stout. This episode is dedicated to all my loved ones who supported me through this journey. To establish your place as a leader that is trustworthy in your industry, you need to publish original and high-level content. Taking the time to understand how to create content is worth the effort. Today, our topic is leadership content. Joining me today is Megan Tribble, the life and marketing coach to parentpreneurs who are interested in building successful businesses around their family. She also customizes marketing strategies to help people become leaders in their industry. There are many people I am associated with who just have that it factor. Megan is one of them. Welcome to the show, Megan. It is so good to have you on today. (laughs) Thank you. And thanks for saying such sweet things. You're always so nice to me. I appreciate it. (laughs) <laughs> well, I'm nice to nice people. So I mean, we're not going to be nice to mean people. We're going to be nice to people who are genuine and authentic. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I say you're Love that. For, yeah. When I say you're the it factor, my friend, you are the it factor. <laughs> you too, Andrew. <laughs> you too. <laughs> How are things with you? What's new in your world? Um, just really busy. We just started school today. So, you know, I've been homeschooling for 10 and a half years. And today was the start of our new school year. So just doing that and then like all the kids activities, which is quite crazy, but I love it. You know, it's all worth it. So yeah, it keeps you on your toes, I'm sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. yeah. So how are you doing? What have you been up to? I know your wife's out of town. Yeah. She is out of town as we speak, as people will hear this, she is out of town. So yeah, I'm just kind of doing the podcast thing, just mm-hmm. keeping myself busy, keeping myself occupied. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I just spoke with her before we started taping and all is good in nice. the world. She finished work today and she's hanging out with her sister so they might go for a walk or what have you. So yeah, all is good. All is good in the uh, in the white front. Love it. Good, good to hear. <laughs> so before we begin, Megan, I always have a fun question to ask my guests to get things going. Okay. Are you ready for yours? I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> I think. Well, your question is, which animal would you prefer to have as a roommate? A goat oh, or a bird? Oh, shoot. Okay. You know that I have experience with both. We have had goats and we have a parrot. So can I say neither? No. <laughs> That's why I actually just went. Oh, God. Um, honestly, let's see. I I don't think I could share a room with a goat. They can be buttheads. They kind of stink. And they don't care really where they poop. So (laughs) I'm going to say no to that. Although I really am not a fan of flying things either. But I feel like the bird, I'm used to it. You know, we have him living in the house in a cage primarily, but I'm used to hearing him and being around him. And he's pretty clean. So I'm going to go with the bird. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I love that you had the process of talking about which side. You didn't just give me an answer. I love that you kind of <laughs> gave me like, I prefer this. I don't think it's going to be this because of yeah. that. 
So I really <laughs> love that you went into it, not knowing what you're going to be asked. You went into it, I would say, pretty well. I, I, I'm pretty Thank impressed. You. With what about you? A, a bird or a goat? I'm going to say bird probably myself, just because I have relatives who had birds. So I'm going to say a bird. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. I think that's the right one. I think the majority of people would say that. Maybe yeah, I would say that there might be some. People well, I don't know. Yeah, I I think that some people have like an idealized version of what they think a goat friend is like, you know, and it's not guys like. Well, for sure. More goats though, so I will say that. But they are going to live outside. Definitely not in my house. I'm not signing up for goat yoga. That's for sure. So well, I was just going to say that there's goat yoga, and it seems to be pretty popular. So oh gosh, again, that's the people that might choose to sleep with a goat, and then they'll find. <laughs> That was a bad idea. Yeah, they might find out pretty quick that it was a bad idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. So why don't we start off with you telling us a little bit about you, Megan, uh-huh. and your story. Okay, yeah. So the main thing about me is other than I'm Megan and I'm unapologetically me, I'm a mom of five. So I have five children. As you heard, I've homeschooled them for 10 and a half years. Our oldest is 16 and our youngest just recently turned five. So we have kind of like a wide range of ages and they are definitely my focus. So in saying that, I have been building my businesses since I've had our first child around the needs of my family. So I actually am a copywriter and a content marketing specialist, which you know, but I have recently shifted into this new focus, which is my passion project that kind of ties in some of my other businesses that I've done and the core of how I want to help people, which is helping parentpreneurs build and grow businesses around the needs of their families. So that is what I do in a nutshell. Of course, there is a lot of context behind all of that. I know that you met me as a copywriter in content marketer. And that started originally to help my oldest daughter who has developed, well, I mean, she's always had them, but we we think like puberty set off a lot of these very rare health conditions with her. And I needed to start a business up again to support her. And it naturally evolved while we were going through this, this really hard stage of trying to get her help, but nobody in the US could really provide her the help that she needed and she was doing really terribly. Things were getting very scary. She was on a feeding tube and which, I mean, she still is on and off, but she's in a much better shape now. But we had to go to Germany to get her some testing done so that doctors would take us seriously here and stuff. But anyway, all of these travels internationally and here in the United States was taxing on our family. All of my kids were feeling the effects of mom not being home and being at the hospital all the time. And of course, the financial aspect of it. I mean, these aren't things that you prepare for. You don't prepare to have all this out of pocket cost. Even though we have good health insurance, you don't think about needing to travel this much and stuff for her. But anyway, all that is like, I was flying home from Germany and I was like, you know what? People have been contacting me and just organically finding me through friends and stuff, knowing that I'm a writer and I'm just going to jump in and I'm going to do this. And then literally within less than a month, I mean, I think it was in a couple weeks, 
I had a big client and things have really just evolved and progressed beautifully with them primarily, but obviously with others as well. So that's just one example of how I build my businesses around my family. And of course, it helps me grow as a person. It helps me grow professionally within my skills. And then I can take that into another possible business in the future. So yeah, so that's me. So I know we're talking about leadership content and that's why I wanted to focus more on my content marketing specialist role because obviously that is a big part of that is how I help direct these small, medium-sized businesses into becoming those leaders through their content. Well, the first thing I want to say is that I I think what you're doing is amazing. And I think that a lot of people listening to your story probably are people who probably would have just put their hands up and wave the white flag and say, that's it. So for you and your family to get through that is simply amazing that you were able to do that. And I love the fact that you form your businesses around your children. I think that's fantastic. And I think it's important. As an HR guy, I do talk a lot about putting our home from work and our work from home. I do think that it's very hard to do that because there's stuff that's going to happen at home that you're going to bring to work. And stuff you're going to bring to work, they're going to bring home. I don't don't think you have to, though. I think there's a mindset shift that people need to take because I don't necessarily think that that is the right way to do things. I understand why it happens and how it happens, of course. So no, I'm not judging anybody by saying that, but... I think that being a parent is like the biggest self-development journey. It's it's hard work. It's really hard work. And then when you have work on top of it, I mean, yeah, it's very overwhelming. And I think just not allowing yourself to fall into this despair and use it more so to propel what you're building. So anyway, yeah, it definitely is a whole mindset shift and a lot of work, but yeah, for sure. And some people can do it. And you yeah. I mean, you were able to do it, which is great. But yeah, there are some people who they just can't. I just did a podcast taping the other day on diversity of thought. And uh-huh. it's basically that there's not just one set of ways of doing something. Yes, there, of there's different ways to do stuff. So mm-hmm. you just came up with a different way. You just decided, hey, I'm not going to let this yeah. put a damper on me or my family. I'm going to do what I need to do to make sure that my family gets what they need and that I'm able to bring some money in the house and then I'm able to put food on the table and you just decided that that's what you were going to do and I commend you for it I think you did yeah because like you know those those finances were really like okay are we not going to be able to do family vacations anymore you know what I mean because all of our vacation money that we would usually spend for family time or whatever outings and things you know was going towards that need for her and so yeah it was hard but honestly my whole journey which is pretty in-depth. Before I had Allison, I definitely thought I am going to go back to work. I'm going to be this big mogul, this very successful person. I'm going to have people watch my kid for me. And I think that's how I went into parenting maybe initially. But then I had her and I was like, oh my gosh, there's no way. So really it was just more about following my intuitive nature as this new parent. Yeah. And so that's just how everything develops. So thankfully I wasn't in any type of situation yet because that I know makes it harder to get out of. I wasn't working under anybody at that time. So it, it did make it a bit, a little bit easier to transition. Yeah. Yeah. You were able to adapt to the situation, which again, not a lot of people are able to do. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people just kind of fall in a rabbit hole. 
Yes. We were able to do that. So I think that's pretty commendable. Thank you. Yeah, it's different. I just want to be hopefully showing people who might be curious of this type of a direction with living their life as a family. If they're curious, maybe hearing stories like mine, because there are a lot of people like this who have like legacy businesses that they can pass down to their kids now. Like these are giant companies that they've created while their kids are in tow. And so again, not for everybody completely understand that and that's fine. But for those who feel pulled and they feel like they're going two different directions, I'm here to support them. Yeah. Well, that's my passion project. Yeah. (laughs) I I, I love the passion project. I love the fact that you, I, I, I am a big believer on passion. Yeah. I was talking to somebody on the phone a couple of days ago and I was telling them about being passion, passionate about what you're doing as far as work goes. And if you're doing something that you were not passionate about, if you're coming to the point where you're not enjoying going to work every day, then I think that it's something that you need to look at and consider like, hey, what should we do here? So but I right. commend you on what you've done. And you mentioned before that you were trying to be a mogul, but I think you, in my mm-hmm. mind, you were in, in some respect, you are a mogul and I think you will continue to be for sure. Thank you. Yeah. I'm very happy with my path. I'm proud of myself. So, <laughs> so Megan, what I would love for you to tell our listeners, in your opinion, what is leadership content? Okay. Yeah. So as I said, I I work with small, medium businesses where this is important. This is how you reach your audience. And so usually when we think about leadership content, we connect it to more dominant words like authoritative, direct, experts. Maybe they have strong opinions. And I think that this is a good way to be viewed in, but it needs to be from an angle where they're deeply trying to understand and serve their audience. I, I think that leadership content is all about taking a stand in a particular industry to help and educate other people. So yeah, I mean, to me, that's, that is leadership content, the gist of how I perceive it to be. Interesting. I love (laughs) what you just said. They're taking a stand. I've always been a firm believer that when someone is speaking, it's not necessarily the words that they're saying, but it's the tone of how they're speaking. So I can imagine when leaders are trying to put content out they want that tone not to be in a negative they want it to be in a positive and in a positive nature yeah and that and that's basically the challenge with businesses it's like well first of all you have to give up your voice i mean if you're running a business and you are the actual leader in this business like i i deal with founders and ceos and they don't have the time to sit there and put content out so they they have to actually hire somebody to do that and when i do that i want to make sure i'm getting their voice as authentically as I can, but even more so trying to direct how their audience is perceiving what they want to communicate. That's really important because if you say things too harshly, or if you don't say them directly enough, then the message is not going to come across as you want it to. I love that, Megan direct how their audience perceives the message. I just love that. I think it's so important. I'm I'm a big believer in communication and I totally buy into that, that without good communication, getting out your word and deciding right from the get-go how we want to be seen, heard, valued, and understood. This is very important to me for sure. Yeah. 
Absolutely. So why do organizations develop leadership content? Really to stand out. So you attract your ideal audience and you hit that target if you are putting that kind of leadership content out there. If you're not, I mean, you're not going to retain them as a customer in the spot that you're going to really grab them in. So if you're putting information out there that is vague information, you want to make it for everybody, then it's not direct enough. It's not that authority voice where you're going to be speaking to a customer who's ready to receive you. So this is definitely why organizations should develop leadership content. And if they don't, they're really going to miss the mark and miss their potential prospects. Putting information out as authority. I just love that. So do you find that leaders have trouble developing their voice or their content? Do you find that that's a struggle right now? Yeah. Yeah. I definitely do think it's a struggle. And again, it really goes down to the fact that most leaders are building something else. Creating content takes a ton of time. I don't know about you. Well, obviously you create all this content. This is a ton of content here, but it's your primary work. So that's wonderful. But a lot of these leaders are building companies that they're trying to scale. And I mean, if if you want to scale something, you need to have focus and direction in your strengths. And how are they going to build a business? I mean, unless their business is about making content like it is for you, your business is this podcast, you are making content. So that's great. You're not going to have somebody else do it for you. But for other people who that is not their industry content creation, their focus is going to be somewhere else. And if they're wasting hours and hours every day, I mean, I spend a lot of time with some of my clients that use me for email marketing. They use me for social media, which is on multiple platforms. They use me for, gosh, I mean, I I do digital design stuff. There's a lot of things that I do, but this is all content and there's no way that they're going to scale their business if they're too focused on that. So I definitely think it is a challenge with leaders today because unless they're, hell, even if they're thought leaders, like people who go out and they're motivational coaches or something, if they're just sitting down doing content all the time and they don't have somebody helping them, they're not going to be able to do that important work that they're doing. So such great information here. I just love it. I love everything that you're coming out with here. Just lots of golden nuggets here. Thank you. Yeah, I hope so. What are some of the characteristics of leadership content? Okay, so I think typical traits we usually associate leaders with, which is confidence, empowerment, they're trustworthy, resilient, courageous, open-mindedness. But the really tricky part is that it's hard to communicate that well into content. Not everybody knows how to do that. This is where other important leadership qualities come into play, like self-awareness. So can they express through written word? They have to be aware of that. Can you actually do that? Because there are some people who speak really well, they just can't really write it out. And that's fine. And sometimes it's the other way around. Like you're a good writer, but you can't really speak. So self-awareness is a leadership quality that is smart to have. If if you're calling yourself a leader, you need to ask yourself these questions. And then also delegation. So can you hire somebody who's able to communicate in this way if you can't? Yeah. So I was having a conversation with somebody just the other day and we're talking about the companies, for example, companies' website. Right? And a lot of companies will put their mission, their vision, and their values on the site. And we both were in agreement that a lot of companies just don't, how should I put it? For example, if you are a company that is family oriented, like you were family oriented with your business, you surround yourself with your family. And you right. mentioned it right off the bat. Companies, I feel like have trouble. You don't have to say I'm a family oriented company. 
but you should be able to get that out of the wording that like when you read that you got to get that feeling like oh my god they, oh yeah they're family orientated they are uh, they're a genuine company they're loyal they believe in values they're trustworthy and they trust their employees i think these yep. things are important when you're reading a company website so is it something that you see you well, see yeah, leaders I'm struggling saying, with that yeah i mean i think a lot of Honestly, I critique websites kind of hardcore because okay. I write a lot of websites and, and, and I also help build them. Not anyway, that's a whole nother story, but not like in a WordPress sense, like coding and stuff like that. But visually I help design websites. And that's really just because I'm so crazy about the experience that the audience is getting. It's really important with your website to know how to speak to your audience. So a lot of businesses get caught up that they are talking about themselves. They're going over their offering and great. I mean, we want to know some of that, but in a way, this is like back to communication in a way where your audience can really pick it up and persuaded to want to learn more. You got to be excited about the company. You got to be excited about what you're reading and you got to be excited about what the company is doing. You watch a commercial and Oh my God, what a great commercial. And then yeah. it makes you think about that product. So I think it's yeah. the same thing for sure. And this is why home pages are so important. Look, you got me started on websites. Now we're going to go. That's, o- that's okay. <laughs> You're like a whole website spiel here. No, nope, that's okay. On the home page, because right. if you are not focusing on that, how I structure home pages is usually we have some kind of a tagline or headline, one sentence that really catches them. And then we go into almost like painting a picture for them. And then we go through what the other pages are about, but only only giving them enough information to make them curious to click onto those other pages to learn more. And if we're not doing that, a lot of people really mess up on home pages because they put a picture with, I don't know, something that doesn't necessarily speak to the audience. Maybe it just says what they do. Like I'm a life and marketing coach. And then it's like, okay, let me go to the next site because you, know, you haven't told me what you're going to do for me, you have to really paint that picture and get them interested in learning more. I think I mentioned this earlier and I'll say it again. I think it's about passion. I think you have to have passion for what you do. And I I believe that with your passion, leaders will put out content showing how passionate they are about the company, what they do, what they offer. You mentioned communication. I I think it's important. Yeah, I, you know, I also see some people and, and I'll go in and fix these websites. So I've seen this often where people are so attached to their business. Understandably, they should be. They love it. They're passionate about it. That's great. But they're almost missing the obvious mistakes because they're that connected to it. And so having somebody else come in and evaluate it for you assess what the message is and try to rework that is so important because sometimes we just get too attached and we don't understand that our audience is not reading things or experiencing things in the way that we are trying to disassociate yourself from that a little bit, especially if you are really passionate about it is just like a smart business move. Do you think that organizations understand the importance of distributing great leadership content? I think it can be difficult at times for companies to do this for a few reasons. So they probably will have to have somebody else be their voice and not everybody wants to hand over that control. But again, if they want to succeed in growing their business in the areas that they are good at and where their time and energy need to go, then this is something that is important. It's like delegating it to someone else. 
and or they feel like if they create too strong of a voice, maybe the voice that they need to go with that they're excluding possible opportunities. And this is where you hear people talk about like, you need a niche down, you need a niche down. And I, I agree with that for the most part, but definitely in the leadership content space, if you're cautiously casting a wider net, it makes reeling in high quality leads that will take you to that next level a lot more challenging. Like you're almost creating a barrier by not putting out true leadership content that is directed towards a specific audience. Like you have to be very specific about your audience, like almost paint the picture of your ideal lead client customer or whatever, paint that picture and speak directly to them. But people just get hung up, I think, on excluding other opportunities Mm -hmm. that they miss that mark. Yeah, I could see companies wanting to have a voice, but they want it to be so strong of a voice that I mentioned before diversity of thought. Yeah. You know, everybody has, they feel like there's different ways of doing things. So if they feel like it's their way and that's the best way and that's the message that they want to put across, then not everybody's going to be okay with that. So yeah, this to... is great to have like a collaborative team where you are able to give each other your thoughts, your right. opinions, and you know, take it or leave it, whatever. But it's always good to have somebody who's curious in trying to improve your company, whatever role they might be for your business. It could just be a friend, but having those ideas put out there, it might spark something and really, really make the difference. So I think that's important. Yeah, I, I think so too. If you could choose one word to describe yourself, Megan, what word would that be? Oh, this is this is a hard one because I have a lot of words. You know, I know you think I'm awesome, but I think I'm awesome too. I don't mean that in like an egotistical way, but no. I didn't have an amazing childhood. And so I really had to raise myself up and I'm proud of myself. I think I'm really awesome. And so I think if I had to pick a word, it might be genuine. Oh, yes. I, yeah, I just, I, you know, I'm like really authentic and in the way that I live intuitively and, and that also bleeds over into my work. And then I think I'm pretty sincere in how I approach relationships. So I, I don't know. Genuine is a good word. I think it's an honest, authentic, empathetic, open type. A lot of great things can be put in that word, I think. So what about you? Well, you pick for yourself. Well, I would probably say genuine for myself. I think too, I, I've been told that a few times. So I think that I would definitely go with that. I probably go with compassionate. I think I wear my heart on my sleeve and I uh, feel like I, oh, I put myself out there and I try to. Yeah, I'm proud of you for that. Be there. And you know what? Sometimes it's scary, but I do. And I just feel like those would be the words I think that I would give myself. I, yeah, sure. I think those are good words for you, for sure. Yeah. And I love everything you're doing. And I'm proud to see that you're making moves for yourself. So keep well, doing that. Andrew. Well, I appreciate that. I, I appreciate that big time. I have a little bit of surprise for you. Okay. So when I was putting that podcast together and I thought of that question, I do agree that genuine and sincere are great words for you, but I came up with my own word for you. Okay. And it's kind of like a two-worder. And the word that I come up with for you is difference maker. And the reason why I feel like you're a difference maker is because you're someone who truly strives to make a change in the lives, in your community, and around the world. And for me, that's a difference maker. And that's what you are. Thank you. Yeah, I, you know, I feel empowered by empowering other people. And 
one of the other businesses. This is like my first like actual business that I really took hold of was I was a birth doula and lactation specialist and empowering mothers and families to really just listen to what it is that they want and to devise their own plan for this monumental time in their life was incredible. And so I definitely thrive on seeing other people thrive and find themselves and take steps towards living the life and and, and making the plan that they see for themselves and not necessarily following what other people think that they should do or difference, difference maker. Yeah. I, I hope that I can just spark something for them to be difference makers for themselves. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Thank you, Andrew. I knew you would give me some word. You're so sweet. (laughs) (laughs) I knew you're always giving me sweet words. I appreciate it. Yeah. Well, you know what? I, I feel like, so you know this story, but a lot of the listeners don't know this story. So there are some family members that I lost in 2022. And I always have been the character to tell people what I was feeling. But after that, I felt that it was important for me to say what I felt. And if I felt a certain way for somebody, or I felt like I needed to say something, I, I decided that I'm going to say it. And now people are different as far as how they receive the information. And that's okay for me. Mm -hmm. I've learned to deal with the fact that I need to say it. And I I feel like when I do say stuff, it makes me feel better because sometimes I get off a phone call and I say, oh man, I forgot to tell them, tell them this. And then, so I have to wait for the next time and then you forget. So I never want to forget and I never want to lose an opportunity to something to somebody. Yeah, I agree. I love that. And I really don't hear people talk about that ever, but I'm a lot like that too. And a lot of the times it's in uncomfortable things. Like for example, this is a small example, but my son, he's 14 and he he has a few jobs actually. He's awesome. But anyway, he does refing for soccer games. And I was watching, so he was refing my five-year-old's soccer game. Okay. So these are five-year-olds playing soccer and my son is running around the field, watching them very closely because five-year-olds make a lot of mistakes on the field, which is fine. They're learning. They're not really even playing per se. They're just kind of moving the ball around with a mass group of children. But he was blocking dad's view who was trying to take a picture of his daughter. And I heard the man say, this picture would have been great except that idiot ref. I said, excuse me, that is my son and he is working. And all the guy could do was laugh. But see, that's me as a parent. I advocate for my kids and Mm. I'm not trying to be rude in that moment. I'm not trying to start a fight. I'm not trying to start an argument. I wasn't coming across as I was either, but you're talking about a child here and the parent just happens to be there, which I know he probably didn't assume that the parent was there. But so anyway, I love that you that you recognize that in yourself. And I know that you mean it in a in a different way than me. Yours is more like you want to tell people you love them and you care and yep. positive things about them. And I love yep. that about you. Yeah. But for me it also means because I, I understand that as well, but it also means like standing up for my kids. I've been in a lot of uncomfortable situations, you know, where we have had to kind of say things like that because it's amazing how many adults don't know what's appropriate and what's not appropriate. Well, you know? for sure. For sure. Yeah. No, and I totally get that. And 
I am conscious of that, but like I said, I just feel like it's something that I need to say. I'm going to say it. And good for you for standing up for your son. Because I probably would have said the same thing. Because what he, he's just out there doing his job and doing what he's supposed to do. What did he expect him to just stand aside and say, here you go, sir, take your picture. Take the like, photo, yeah. And not pay attention to the game, what's going on. Like, he's doing his job. So kudos for you for standing up for him and saying something. Yeah, anyway, that just made me think about that. And mm-hmm. um I love communication. I think it's very important. This is why I do what I do. And I know communication is important to you too. It sure is. It sure is. Probably why we're friends. Yes, I would say so for sure. Any final thoughts? No, I don't think so. Final thoughts. Businesses. Okay. You're only going to scale if you put the right kind of content out there. So if you need somebody to evaluate your content, do it. Whether it be a friend, somebody that you like what their content is, their website is, maybe ask for their opinion, ask them to look it over for you. I do that for people often and, you know, see maybe what you need to change. So just kind of get outside of yourself and see how you can improve and it might change your outlook and your business. I totally agree with you there. There's nothing wrong with getting someone else's opinion. I I, I agree with you 100%. I wanted to take the time to thank you for joining me today, Megan. This was such a great conversation and it was an honor to have it with you here. When I think of you, the words that come to mind are thoughtful, compassionate, inspiring and dedicated. Thank you for agreeing to be my guest today and for showing me that you were there to support me right from the beginning. I appreciate and admire your patience and understanding. Thank you so much for showing us all how to have a super fulfilled life. Thank you, Andrew. I appreciate you. Yes, yeah. and best of luck and I'll be here to follow your journey to its entirety. You, you, you better. <laughs> I will. And hey, what did you think about my marketing tip? We don't have to say it on air, but did you think more about that? I thought, well, I'm going to close it out here on behalf of <laughs> I my... Say yes or no. Like, yeah, I loved it. Maybe. Oh, I loved it. <laughs> on behalf of myself and my guest, Megan, I'd like to thank you all for listening. Until next time, be safe. And remember that if we all work together, we can accomplish anything. You have been listening to Let's Be Diverse with Andrew Stout. To stay up to date with future content, hit subscribe 